0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is taking a break from attending church. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelow, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in
1: Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. And I'm also the reason this subject is at hand, yeah. because I'm looking at my teenage son who is in college. Mm-hmm. Very much wanting to take a break, Mm -hmm. which is absolutely and utterly fair to me because that's exactly what I did when I was his age. (laughs) So I guess I'm looking for a little it's okay as much as I'm looking for not necessarily guidance, but just a chance to chat about it. Yeah. So it comes mostly from the fact that I was raised Catholic and I was raised by someone who you very much went to church unless you were sick. And I can say now that yes, I probably faked more than once being (laughs) sick so I could (laughs) sleep in (laughs) because early morning Sunday was hard. Yes. So talk to me. What do you see? Do you see people coming every week? Is it Vary by age. Where are we at these days in age? It varies. Okay. I mean, it's all over the place. It's certainly very,
0: very common for children who have grown up in church homes that have attended church on a multiple times a month basis with their families. Uh huh. That in the Pacific Northwest, when they get out of those households and of their own volition, Oftentimes their attendance massively drops off. Oh yeah. Minded dramatically. Right. And totally, completely normal. And you're saying even, you know, from a Midwest perspective, oh, quite yeah. some time ago, right? It's normal for kids once they get out of their home of origin, if their home of origin has been a church attending family, to drop off a little bit. At least in our denominations, right? In the Roman Catholic Church and yep. the Lutheran Church. Very, very normal. And it's not a bad thing. Okay. Right. I don't think it's a terrible thing. We oftentimes have confirmation, right? Confirmation comes around when the kids are a little bit young, but not terribly young, kind of in that middle school, early high school kind of range. And churches even have conversations about how do we make sure that it doesn't feel like a graduation so the kids graduate and don't have to do their faith anymore, right? <laughs> and we're done now? We're done now because it's very normal for attendance to plummet after confirmation years because they've been expected to attend regularly during confirmation and those kinds of pieces. So anytime you have someone that has done intensive religious work and then has the freedom to not be doing it, super normal to disappear. Okay totally
1: normal and totally okay okay that said because I have one who's now going through confirmation the other side of the coin is do you force your child is it a good thing to you know drag them along for lack of a better term because there have been mornings it would have been so much easier just to let them sleep oh totally (laughs) that's gonna be a family by family choice
0: you know I, I think that truly is up to the individual families. And there's a part that says they need to be showing up Mm -hmm. because they need to be learning whether or not they want to say yes to this
1: thing. I don't regret any of the times I have brought my child to church for a great number of reasons. But if for nothing else, then you're getting cultural knowledge, right? Totally. Around Christmas and Easter and other biblical stories and characters. I have no problem with that whatsoever.
0: And even along that line with the students that we have for now, for example, a lot of the time they're spending their time kind of in a room just off of the sanctuary. Yep. But I can still see them through the window. Okay. And they still see me and they make eye contact with me throughout the service and they're
1: watching and they're paying more attention than any of you parents know. Okay. That's good to know because... It's killing me Uh (laughs) to have her on site and not in a pew,
0: not in a pew. Yeah, no, they are just outside and they are laughing and they're joking and they're playing games, but they can also hear and they can see in and they see me and they make eye contact with their pastor, right? Like there's still interaction happening there while at the same time they have the security of their own peer group. Sure. And building up these important relationships of peers wrestling with self-identification with each other, which in these years, like genetically is what we do, right? We differentiate ourselves from our parents and we start to self-identify with our morals, our values and the things that matter to us. And so they're still within the structure and the confines of the building They're not up hidden in a second floor back room where no one gets to see them, right? They're just right outside the door. And then what's cool is that they're coming in and they're helping during the service. Like more often than not, these kids have been ushering for the offertory and they're coming in for communion, right? Mm -hmm. So they are very much checked in, just not in a way that their parents know, which is probably exactly what their middle school brains want. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that makes perfect sense. Right?
0: And in the same way, I think that when kids go to college and when students go out on their own and they disengage from church, that doesn't necessarily mean they're disengaging from their faith, but they are learning how to engage in their faith in their own way and in their own choices. It may mean that they don't think that they're praying or they don't actively do church the same way that their parents did for a while, but they're figuring out how that faith expression is going to work in their own lives and in their own understanding. They may come back to church eventually. They may not, but their faith doesn't leave them. And
1: most importantly, God never leaves them. Sure. Right. Right. When you have the people that come for Christmas and Easter only, when you have college students that come probably when strong-armed by their parents, do you try to engage them differently than anybody else, or do you just let it lie? Oftentimes, they're
0: actually excited to see the pastor when Mm. they get here. Like I get a lot on Christmas Eve where they're like, hey, and they're kind of excited to see me. Oh, that's lovely. Even your children. (laughs) And so I make it a point to interact with them, to make strong eye contact, to let them know that I see them and that they as an individual matter, not just they as a whole part of this family matter, but that they as an individual matters. And I might ask something like, okay, highs and lows of the last year. What's been really great? What's been really challenging? And how can I be praying for you for the next year? What's going on? And then I try to grab that put it in my brain. And then when next they show up a year later, be like, hey, you were really wondering about finding your way in this area. How did it go? Mm -hmm. Right. Just so that they know that they matter to their faith community, even when they aren't there every single week. Because I think that that's one of the pieces that's definitely changing about our culture right now. Yep. Even regular attenders, regular attendance now is two times a month. Oh, wow. Okay. Right? In a lot of congregations, for a lot of people, being a regular attender means maybe making it once or twice a month. And that's not because people don't
1: value their faith. That's because our world is so much busier. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I still feel bad, though, when I I don't know if that is because of the way I was raised (laughs) or what, but I really feel terrible when I miss for whatever reason. really,
0: Yeah, no, it's totally okay. There are very few individuals that make it weekly to church. Now I may see out of our membership, I may see everyone across the course of a month. Okay. With maybe 25 exceptions, 25 to 30 exceptions. But I will see now our attendance is about the same every week. Okay, so what that says is it there evens few, out, it evens out. Like there are a few people who come weekly, and then there's like thirty that trade out with sure. each other, right? And that's okay. People show up when their hearts and their schedules and their ability allows, and there's nothing wrong with having a week where you're so exhausted, you need to rest, like rest. God yeah. God wants you to get some rest. It's okay.
1: Does this change how you interact with the congregation, knowing that you're only going to, on average, see most of us two times a month? Does this mean you try to use, I don't know, like social media or other avenues to reach people, or is it just that's what it is? That's a good
0: question. There's a couple things that it changes. It changes whenever I like doing a sermon series. Sure. I don't assume that people have been in the room. Oh, okay. Right. So I don't just say, like I said last week. You're going to build from sermon to sermon. You know, if I am building from sermon to sermon, like I made a reference in the Epiphany sermon to the Christmas Eve sermon. Right. And I know that many of the people who were here at the Epiphany worship were traveling on Christmas Eve. Sure. To visit with their family and other places. So... I gave a snippet. I gave the heartbeat of what that information was that I'm referencing. So people who were there might have a a grander picture, but the people who weren't there get the snippet. Because frankly, as a new Christian, I used to hate it when the pastor would say, well, everyone knows
1: the story of... (laughs) It feels a little insider baseball.
0: Because I was the one who was like, no, I don't Don't
1: know know the story of David and Goliath.
0: So... Okay, there's a reference I don't know. Like, there's one more way I don't get to be a part of this. And so I try real hard to not do that, even week to week. Okay. Because our members aren't present week to week.
1: Oh, that's got to be extra hard for certain stories that do feel like they're so well-known right. to try to, you know, make it fresh. Well, it's helpful that
0: I know what it's like to not know the stories. Yeah, I right? bet it is. In, in that sense, And the other way that not having people here week to week is a challenge is that then when people are gone two and three weeks, I assume they're on a vacation, they're on a trip, they're remodeling their house. Like I assume there's any different number of ways. I do not assume that someone is sick Mm. and anticipating a visit because if regular attendance is once or twice a month and it's been three weeks since I've seen you. That's about average. Sure. Between times when I might see someone. And so I might, it might not set a ringer off in my head. So and so has been gone this many weeks. And generationally, that makes a big difference. Okay. In some older generations, they anticipate that if they aren't there every week, that you're going to notice and you're going to follow up on them. Oh, sure. And my assumption is I haven't seen you because. You normally fly to Alaska to visit your family over Christmas break and you're gone for three to five weeks. No, this makes perfect sense. If my father is not in church, he is
1: deathly ill for whatever reason. There
0: you go. Mm -hmm. Right. But even in this congregation, especially, it has more to do with traveling to visit family and those kinds of pieces. So that's where I miss, Mm -hmm. I, I miss cues and I miss opportunities to check in on people. And I'm really, really, really reliant on people contacting me when they're not well. Sure. To say, hey, pastor, I would like to hear from you. I would like a
1: visit. Okay, so say I should actually get in the habit of not going every week. Oh, yep. For those who are taking a break for whatever reason, at some point it seems like too much time has passed and it would be weird to go back.
0: Yeah, a lot of people get that experience where they feel like, it's been so long, they can't mm-hmm. They can't walk back in the doors. How would you reassure somebody who is feeling this way? I mean, it's going to be different for each individual person, especially because that can play into family of origin stuff, and that can play into all kinds of things that you don't know are being played into. Oh, right? sure. So one thing that I do not do is, wow, who
1: are you again? <laughs> oh, that would be so terrible.
0: Right. I'd be awful. I personally have great hatred for that. Uh Uh-huh. Because it's like this sideways shaming thing. Oh, totally. But it's coming off as a joke. And so the poor person is standing there like, wait, are you angry at me? Are you not angry at me? Are you just joking? Are you happy to see me? Where do I fit into this equation? Like, it's just not okay. Uh Uh-huh. So for me, what I've come to at this point in my ministry is the phrase, always welcome, never obligated. Uh Uh-huh. Because that way, like, make it clear. And as warm and as loving as possible to say, it is so good to see you. I'm delighted to see you. Oh, I'm sorry we haven't been here. I'm so sorry. I know we should have been here. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm delighted to see you here today. It is amazing to see you here. And it's an incredible risk to walk back in the door. And I recognize it. And I'm so grateful that you made it. You are always welcome. You are never obligated. It's awesome to see you. And leave it. Right? Right? And just let them come back in. Mm-hmm. If you know the person is the kind of person that would want an invitation to something, being able to say, it's so wonderful to see you. We have missed you. Would you be interested in doing X? I know you haven't been here for a while and I, if, you can totally say no to this, but would you be interested in lighting the Advent wreath today? Because I'm looking for somebody, right? That can both put somebody, like, it's playing the line. Sure. Right? It can either put somebody on the spot and make them uncomfortable or it can be like oh yeah i do still belong here right Mm -hmm. like it's really hard to toe the line there but it's an option but that line of always welcome never obligated has seemed to resonate with folks who struggle with having regular weekly or bimonthly attendance fit into their incredibly busy and overscheduled lives it's given a piece of grace
1: and helped them to know that they can come back anytime nice have you noticed, given the busyness of lives and whatever, that the live stream has become more popular as an option for people? I would say that for folks who are traveling or who have traveled in the week
0: before and are just coming back home, that kind of a thing, that the live stream definitely is
1: something they watch. I'm um, going to take it back a little bit yeah. and explain what the live stream is. Oh, Yeah. The live stream is something that you do on your phone, literally, that you basically set up a tripod and you can watch the service online. Right.
0: So right now, and it may be changing soon, we hope we've got some plans and some dreams for this. But for now, how we do the live stream is we live stream via Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. And I truly, literally just take my phone, put it on the tripod, tripod yep, and hit record on Facebook Live. And it works. There are folks from across the country who log in. We have Wendy, who is here on our podcast. Yes, we do. Wendy watches sometimes, and we've got some awesome folks from Montana that have been watching on a regular basis. I
1: know my in-laws will watch to see their son in the choir Mm -hmm. and to see grandchildren. Perfect. Mm
0: -hmm. And- I know that there are members, whether if they're shut in because they're not feeling well or if they've been traveling, that that is one way that they connect into Central. It's not necessarily an evangelism tool. We're not trying to bring people. Not trying to gain new members. We're not necessarily. gaining new members, mm-hmm. but it is an outreach. It's an opportunity for connection. And, yeah, there are people who do catch up with it and who pay attention to it. Even my spouse will occasionally watch it. <laughs> And he's so proud of himself when I come home and he's like, hey, your sermon was good today. And then I'll like (laughs) drop a line about
1: what it was about. And I'm like, you just want brownie
0: points. (laughs) I love it.
1: Okay. That's going to lead me to my last question. For those who are taking a break for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and are looking to get back, how do you go about overcoming that barrier and finding a place to go to?
0: I can just talk from my own experience and what it was like for me choosing to attend church as an adult for the first time. The church shopping thing is real and walking into communities for the first time can be really intimidating. Oh, yeah. So look them up online, see what their stuff is like. You could contact the pastor ahead of time and try to have a conversation to know what worship is like see if they live stream, watch a service so you know what their rhythm is and whether or not it would work for you, and then show up in person and give yourself the grace to let yourself be as extroverted or introverted as you need to be to walk in and lots of permission to understand that a first time back after a long time away can be scary, can be exciting, can be hopeful, can be sad. It can bring up all kinds of unexpected emotions And so going into it with an open heart towards your own self and a kindness towards your own self, attending church for the first time in a long time, it's a big risk. And I say that not because I think people are going to hurt you or harm you, although some may experience that, right? I'm not going to downplay that possibility, but at the same time, that's not it. You are choosing to open your heart to the divine, right? In a corporate community. It's one thing to go on a hike and to be fully present in the presence of the divine on your own. It's another thing to step into a community and open your heart to being in the presence of the divine. And that can bring up a lot of unexpected stuff. Anything from the smell of the hymnal bringing up memories of a deceased loved one, to hearing a song that you weren't anticipating hearing and it reminding you of something from your childhood. Like This stuff isn't small stuff. This is big stuff that really matters. That's why we worship. This is big stuff. Mm -hmm. And so giving yourself the grace to do it carefully and gently and kindly and with grace toward yourself. And don't belittle yourself. Don't downplay your emotions around it. Give yourself grace to explore it and to find where it feels okay. And so... If you are in your 20s and you're daring to step back towards church for the first time in a long time, be ready for lots of questions in your heart. Be ready for lots of stuff to bring up lots of odd things you hadn't contemplated, right? If you walk in and you smell the smell of the candles and all of a sudden you're back to like (laughs) arguing with your parent because they're making you do something you don't want. Sure. Right? That's all part and parcel of being in community and worshiping God and trying to find ways to not just run from that, but to say, ah, yeah, this is part of it. Part of this is loving people and being in community and learning how to do this together, even when it's crunchy and even when it's uncomfortable and we disagree because we love each other and God loves us. And so we're going to stay together anyway. That's what this kind of a place is about. Okay. It's a journey. Just be kind
1: to yourself. That's my number one tip. That is great advice for anyone, (laughs) anywhere. (laughs) Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about taking a break from church and hopefully coming back. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic.
0: As do I. And if you are in the Portland area and you are
1: looking to dare
0: to step back into a church for the first time in a long time, You are welcome to contact and ask questions and do a a gentle entry here at Central Lutheran. No obligation to remain and every moment that you would be welcome to come in and get your feet wet. So you can reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org. We would love to hear from you. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.